Hey, golfers, what's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Chasing Your Best. This podcast is and always will be dedicated to the golf learning curve, designed really for the hustlers, the workers, the people who want to put the effort in the right places and get a return on their time. A return on their time, I think that's a that's a pretty big sentence. That basically means you're out there, you're playing golf, but you're not making the progress you want to make. How do you use that same amount of time to divvy it up differently and make a little bit of progress and keep the long-term trajectory going the right way? Because a lot of us are going to play this game for a long time maybe lifetime. And uh, there's not many sports you can do that with. And that's what makes golf special. Today on my brain, on my brainium, my cranium, I wanted to talk about working the golf ball and basically to work the golf ball or not to work the golf ball, offer you some thoughts on it, some pros and cons, and maybe when the right time for you to start thinking about working the golf ball is. Now the condensed version, kind of the synopsis of the answer is I do think working the golf ball is beneficial. I think that most golfers are going to play the best golf by going out and hitting the golf ball relatively straight, meaning your stock shot is a high soft draw or a high soft soft fade. It's not it's not hitting the golf ball and curving it 20 yards with your driver or 10 yards with your iron. It's just a nice high soft shot. That's how most golfers will play the best golf over time. But working the golf ball, I find to be extremely valuable, especially for skill building, especially for practice. And and then there's problem solving because you're going to spend some amount of time problem solving where you have a lie that is interesting or you're punching out of the woods. We've all been there. I'm guilty of that. I grew up playing a lot out of the tree line and having the mental uh, reps, the, the, the experience to lean on and being able to hit a low draw under the trees or being able to hit a high draw out of the trees. It's really, really valuable. And you'll see great players that work the ball both directions. And I think the important thing to consider when we're talking about great players and their capacity to work the golf ball both directions is that we're talking about the very tip of the iceberg. We're talking about the best of the best of the best, the most talented players who have practiced the most, and they're they're the very tip of the iceberg. So I think generally speaking, for most of us recreational golfers, when you're out playing golf, working the golf ball side to side is not the best way to shoot the best score. Now, some of you are going to insist on working the golf ball, and I think that's okay. And I think there's something to be said about that style of golf and how fun and engaging it can be. Going out and trying to hit the ball low, trying to hit the ball high, trying to hit the ball medium. That's a fun way to play golf. But generally speaking, the best scores are going to be shot by the players that have a stock ball flight they can trust. They're going to hit it down the fairway. Then they're going to hit it up by on the green or near the green. And then they're going to roll that putt in or maybe two putt for their par and mosey on to the next hole. Now, let's talk about working the golf ball and when you should practice it. Because I do think no matter who you are, you should be practicing working the golf ball at some stage in your career. It's just a matter of when is that timing and and when does that happen? When does that uh when does that butterfly emerge out of the cocoon? When when is it important to practice working the golf ball? Well, I think that evolution starts to happen as you have created some fundamentals. You've created a, a move and a golf swing that you can trust and rely on. And that when you hit the golf ball, you're going to hit a golf shot, say seven, eight, nine times out of 10, meaning that you're going to hit it at your target. It's going to fly relatively high, relatively straight. It's going to have good contact. And that is your shot. Once you've hit that stage and you kind of have this trusty shot that you can rely on, I think it can be very valuable to practice working the golf ball, working the golf ball trajectory wise, both low, medium, high, and then working the golf ball right and left. And also while you're working the golf ball, make sure that you are doing some of it with your path. 
not just your club face. Some golfers instinctually will change their path with their club face and some golfers won't. And you just have to start to learn and develop some feels for, hey, how are we going to change my path? How am I going to keep my club face more open, more closed? What are some of the things that I need to feel to to execute that shot? Because these are the things that when it comes down to the pressure and we want to execute a shot, we want to lean on some feelings, some thoughts, some experiences. And that is kind of the the confidence we want to lean into when it comes time to hit a shot under the under the crunch. I think if I'm to pick out a shot that you should learn to work, the first shot is a push draw. So learning to start the golf ball right at the target and then bringing it curving back. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it needs to curve back across your target line or even get to your target line. It can start right and just curve left, but you should be able to start a right, curve it left, and then start a right and curve it left even more. The reason that I like the push draw for for a shot that you should learn to work and trust first is to hit that shot, you have to do so many things right. You have to have a great swing path. You have to have a low point that's in front of the golf ball, meaning that the club's going to need to lag behind, behind your hands some degree. You have to have really good club face alignments because if your club is swinging from the inside to get it closed, you really have to, you're always, you need to supinate with the lead wrist. You need to make sure that we're getting the club face closed the right way and all of these components are just they're all they're all functions of how good players tend to swing the club and if you just really analyze some professional golf a lot of those players are playing a push draw granted it's a soft push draw but if you're really being technical and analyze those swings many of them are swinging inside out especially relative to their stance line that ball is starting right at the target and it's curving back into the target. And I'm referring to particularly when the ball is hit off the ground. 90% of golf, the ball is hit off the ground. When they hit drivers, you're going to see the ball work both directions. And that's okay. And the reason for that, before we get into the weeds too much on why it's harder to hit a push draw with your driver, is the concept of a three-dimensional swing plane. So long story short, if your club is working up into the air as a driver should, it makes it harder to draw the golf ball because it makes your swing path less inside out. And then just the opposite, if your iron is working down on a downward angle of attack, that has a net positive effect on your swing path. So if your club is working down five degrees, that's going to have a five degree impact on your swing path. But let's not dive too far down there today. We can do a whole episode on the three-dimensional swing plane, but I don't think that it's important that you understand all of the ins and outs of it, but just conceptually how it affects curvature and why it affects curvature. It's important because if you think back and reflect back on your golfing career, think about has it been easier for you to make an eight iron draw than a driver? The answer should resoundingly be yes. Some of you may fall in another category and you may say no. Resoundingly across the board, most people should have an easier time making their eight iron curve left than their driver. And the answer for that is because the swing plane is three-dimensional. That's why I'm super grateful to be teaching golf in 2021. We have all of this data that's been published for many years now. And golf professionals as a whole have a much greater understanding of the ins and the outs and the whys of the golf swing. It's kind of ruined some of the mystery for uh, a little bit of the 
mystique and mystery of, of years past. I think that probably some of the old instructors had the secret sauce and they certainly knew it. Uh, old, they're definitely instructors in the 70s and 80s that, that understood the D-plane. In fact, if you look at Ben Hogan's ball position prescription, it's, it's innately talking about the three-dimensional swing plane, showing that the stance should be more closed for the driver and more open for the wedge. And the reason for that is the net effect it would have on your swing path. Because if your stance is more closed, your swing path tends to move more from the inside. If your stance is more open, your swing path tends to move from the outside, which would negate the three-dimensional swing plane changes that we just talked about. Anyway, that's a little rabbit hole for another day. But let's circle back to working the golf ball. Get a stake and put it out in front of your golf ball 10 feet in front of your target line. Learn to start the ball left of it and curve it to the right. Learn to start the ball right of it and curve it to the left. And even better, if you can do that with, without changing your stance line a whole bunch. I'm okay if you want to change your stance line a couple, two, three, four degrees. Don't do it a whole bunch. Just do it a little bit. And, if you, and the reason for that is if you just do it a little bit, you're going to learn how to do it more with your swing path than you are by just changing your stance line. Your stance line will change your swing path, but I'm not talking, I'm talking about changing your swing path relative to your stance line. Gosh, I hope you all are, are following this because we're, we're talking with some pretty heavy terms here. If you've never heard the term swing path, let me define it for you. Your swing path is the net path that the club is traveling at the golf ball. It could be traveling right at the target. It could be traveling to the right of the target for a right-handed player or to the left of the target for a left-handed player. If it's traveling to the right of the target for a right-handed player, that's referred to as inside out. If it's traveling to the left of the target, it's referred to as outside in. An ideal swing path is one that's traveling about at the target, meaning the club is coming from the inside of the golf ball, it's hitting the golf ball, traveling at the target, and then it's exiting back to the inside of the golf ball. We want a swing path that's relatively neutral and allows us a predictable curvature, but also the possibility to work the golf ball both directions. That's why you never want a swing path that is too far one direction and not the other because then you become one-dimensional. And one-dimensional can be okay. You got guys like a Kenny Perry, he primarily played a draw his whole career, had plenty of tournaments he won. In fact, his retirement's looking just fine and he played a draw basically the whole time. And then there are definitely players who have just played exclusively a fade. But I like being multidimensional. To me, it's just like the pie is more well-rounded if you're multidimensional. That player has more skill as a whole and their game will carry well better over time. Remember, we're trying to play the long game here. We're trying to build out our skill set. We're trying to build out our foundation. So we get a little bit better over time. And over time, we're like that snowball rolling downhill. And it just keeps rolling and rolling and getting bigger and getting better. And it's getting better because we've had that vision and we've invested in our skills and we have a strong foundation. And with that foundation, we can build it as high as we want, especially if we understand how to work on our weaknesses and how to work on the things we're bad at and how to sit back and make a plan and how to work that plan. These are all things that get me kind of fired up. Anyway, I'm going to leave you guys with that. Have a plan, plan your work, work your plan, and you will get to where you want to be. But you have to be honest with yourself or work with somebody who can be honest with you. You have to be able to figure out what is the thing that's going to help me. And that can be different for everybody. And to me, that's why coaching golf is fun is everybody has the same needs, but every individual is a unique person and they all, we all need the same things, but what ingredients everybody needs can be a little bit different. And it's important that you figure that out and you figure out your recipe to help you play your best golf. Appreciate you for hanging out for another podcast. Leave this thing a review, tell a friend about it. 
get out, play some golf, have some fun, invest in your skills, and I will catch you back here next time.